You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth living, Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans, number one, one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, I'm up in that fish tank. Welcome back to the Fish Tank right here on the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, Seth Levitt and the man with the best hands in the podcast business, OJ McDuffie, Juice. Look at this place. Man, hey, Big Seth, we, we're moving on up, man. We, we are, I am riding George and Weezy. I think I'm George, though. That's work, it works for you. Damn. Right, yeah, yeah. I'll take it. If All it right, gets right. me here, I'll take it. <laughs> Maybe it has something to do with the guest that's in here. Lamar Miller dives into the fish tank. Lamar, how you feeling, man? I'm feeling good. How about yourself? Feeling great, man. Yeah, we're like, do we seem like kids on Christmas Day that just got new toys, right? <laughs> right, right. It's a nice, it's a nice building. You know, everybody inside there. Yeah. Pretty good. A little different than Davey. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, it's definitely different. They stepped sure. it up. They oh, stepped you know it what? Up. You know, these these youngins, Big Seth, they, they didn't go St. Thomas. Man. Wait a minute. They didn't go to St. Thomas. <laughs> they talk about bad. You know, Davey, Davey was state of the art when I went there, man. Well, it was because it had just been built in 1993, right. yeah. a rookie year. So how, but you were in St. Thomas for how long? That's not the point. The point was I was there for a mini camp. A mini camp. He's three talking days. about how tough it was. <laughs> right, right, he was right. mini camp, and then he got the brand new building. It, man. That was three days of roughing it, man. <laughs> well, we're in a brand new studio. It's exciting, and we got a lot to talk about because your journey here with the Miami Dolphins was was a fun one and a fast one. Yeah. Juice. Yeah. Literally. But this is like the year of the running back for this team. It's a you know I don't know if you've been watching this current team, but. Raheem Mostert just tied Ricky Williams' record for most touchdowns by a running back in a single season for the Miami Dolphins with 16. He's got 18 total touchdowns. It's incredible. You got Devon Achan that's doing all kinds of crazy stuff as well. And you were a bit of a home run hitter yourself. So, like, have you watched? Is it fun for you to watch this current team and see what the running backs are doing? Yes. I was just at the game on, on Monday. Oh, man. Yeah. Ugh. I pretty much watch every Dolphin game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I keep track. You know, me and Raheem, we still talk every now and then. This offense, they very explosive. Wait a minute. Did I just miss that? Was he here? Because he was here for a hot second. Was it during your tenure here? Yes, I think it was my third year here. Oh, my God. How about that? He was a rookie. Well, the research department, unfortunately, (laughs) is me. I'm about to be fired. So, Raheem Mostert's rookie season, you were here. Yes. And here he is all these years later and has 18 touchdowns right right now. He's still four games to go. Right. He's doing great. You know, he's very explosive, fast guy, you know, run, aggressive. Yeah. To be a little guy, and you know, I think both of them doing a great job. To be honest, yeah, they both. Well, I mean, yeah. Little guy, they say Raheem's like one of the strongest dudes, pound for pound, on the whole squad. Yeah, well, you have to be when you're a little guy. A little guy, yeah. Is he a little guy? I mean, he's he not really little. I'm just saying he's not like a two twenty, right? He's not. He's guy. not the guy who's on the other side. He's right, not right, Derrick Henry, like Derek, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Understood. Well, I, the production how many guys are that guy though? Yeah, he's right, right, right. freaking nature. Yeah. But you know, Lamar, we uh we had Olivia Vernon on the show, and uh, we said he should be called Mister Three Hundred Five. But then we look at you and like, because he went, you know, he went to high school, college, played for the Dolphins. But then we look at you, and maybe you should be Mister Three Hundred Five because you you did the same thing, right, you know, right. high school, college at the U, played for, drafted by the Dolphins, man. Uh, talk about what it was like, like growing up down here in South Florida, playing football, because I'm an Ohio guy. You know, we think we got good football. <laughs> you know, we, we, we know we have good he football. He laughed at that. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Well, since Definitely I've been, don't look out Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> but since I've been down here, I've, I've learned that Ohio is, you know, third or fourth in the, in the country when it comes to football. 
Talk about growing up playing football down here and, of course, playing for the Dolphins. Growing up here is a big deal. People start playing football at a young age here. I know me. I started when I was seven. I was a guy who was kind of behind, you know. At seven, you were behind already. Yes. And I was more of a bigger guy growing up. um, I remember my first year playing football. I was supposed to play with, like, 80 pounds. But I, no, I was supposed to play 75 pounds, but I was playing with 85 pounds. Okay. And I was seven. And I was playing with guys who eight and nine. So I was behind the eight ball yeah. with them guys. So that's why he's just... calling Raheem a little guy, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you were 5'10, but he's talking about little guys because you still think you're seven years old playing with the 85 right, pounders. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was just crazy. So I was kind of behind. I was like kind of scared, but you know, it go by so fast and. I'm playing football here in high school, going in, didn't know what to expect. I thought I was good in football. Yeah. I didn't know I was good until, you know, you you play against, like, older guys or people right. in, in high school. And then once they moved me up to varsity, I was like, okay, I have a chance to make it to college or play in the NFL. So I started taking it, like, real serious. And, yeah, and everything just planned out pretty good. Yeah, was it, was it you autom- automatic for you? Or were there other schools you were entertaining? But I know that you had to be uh, yeah. I, I always, every question. single game, this every is a set up question. Right. I always wanted to go to Miami. That was a no brainer for me. But my mom, she's from Gainesville, so she wanted me to go to Florida. So I was like, I was just out there, like, just like, okay, my mom wanted me to go to Gainesville, so I'm gonna just take. Oh, so you visits. just took the. <laughs> yeah, I was. I just took a visit. And up here we there. are, Gator fans. We like think we got a shot, and it was just you going to see mom. And yeah, sure I'm she's... just going to. Like we'll go, we'll take a visit or go see some games, but my mom should go see her family and stuff. I really didn't want to go to Gainesville. That's when they had Urban Myers, mm. but it was pretty good. I mean, won a couple national yeah. right, right, right. That was good around that time. So it was kind of, it was kind of hard. My mom was like, "No, we going to Gainesville." My dad, he wanted me to go to Miami, right. and Frank Gore, he's right there in my backyard. So mm. I'm like, Frank Gore went to Miami, and so that was like the way for me to tell my mom, like, look. Frank Gore, he's a couple minutes away, and he made it to the NFL, so I want to do the same. So she so bought into that. Right, right. So she was like, okay, cool. <laughs> she was like, okay, cool. We could, we could try it out. So, Well, it worked out for you. I, I want to take a step back because you talked about high school, Miami Killian High. Juice, he had 1,700-plus yards as a senior, 22 touchdowns. How many touchdowns do you have your senior year? About that. It was, it was 21. <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure to count. Are you sure? <laughs> I, knew, I, knew I mean, Wikipedia could be off. Yeah, he's a so, no, but that My in, point man. is that, you know, two productive guys. Uh, I had 21 offensive touchdowns. You count any of my returns? Oh, man. Or, return or, or, or interception returns or anything like that? So what's the total number? I don't know. I had, I had 81 <laughs> total in three years in high school. So. And you stopped at 81? I stopped for, at 81 okay. for a reason. Right, All right. right so, right. And, and we understand. It was Ohio whole, football. It wasn't, it wasn't Florida football. It's a little different. It yeah. A little easier. Yeah, this is true. But, <laughs> but as you said, so Frank Gore, and, and it goes beyond Frank Gore, the history of being a starting running back at the University of Miami. I mean, that, that is, that, that's a big deal. That's right. a big deal. What was that like for you? So you choose to go there. I think you're redshirt your freshman year. Yes. But you ultimately become the starter and, is there is there like pressure to live up to the expectations of what the starting running back at the University of Miami is supposed to be? Yeah, it's always pressure when like just going to Miami because you got to uphold that legacy as a University of Miami guy. And, you know, the running backs that went through there, it's like you have a lot of good ones. So, you know, when I even Some when Hall I first got there, right, 
even when I got there, you know, we had Javaris James and Greg Cooper. Um, they was like the main guys. So, you know, just learning from them guys and um, was just like when I get that opportunity, I just got to take advantage of it. And, you know, my first year of redshirt, it was kind of like tough on me because mm-hmm. I was like, I could play kit return or something. I right. could do something. <laughs> we well, like, damn, I should have gone to Gainesville. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I still remember when, because uh, the first game my, um, we played Florida State, mm-hmm. we played them on Labor Day. So it was a, it was a big game, man. Uh, I remember the uh, running back coach was like, just stay by me. I'm going to put you in the game. So, you know, as a young guy, I'm right behind the coach. You're following like, him. Yeah. Right, right. Everywhere he go, I'm right behind You're him. like the guy who carries the cord <laughs> for the <laughs> coach, right? <laughs> right, right. And then I see it was a close game. I'm like, it, it was like the third quarter. I'm like, man, he's not going to put me in. Yeah. So I end up going on the opposite side and just watching the game, just cherishing the moment. But, yeah, man, the, just the legacy of the running back is pressure. I remember my second year, I was playing, but I wasn't, like, playing a lot. We had other right. guys. And um, just seeing that every week they they holding you accountable to, like, pretty much at Miami, the running backs, like, you got to be that guy. Yeah. So just seeing what Damian Barry, uh, Javari James, and Greg Cooper was going through uh, and how they prepared throughout the week, it was like, okay. I gotta be on my my A game every week. Did did any of the uh, alumni ever co- like you know did Edron James drop in? Did did Willis McGahee like did those guys ever come back and say, "Hey man, there's an, there's an expectation here." Like, uh, not really. They they really didn't like say the expectation. Like they'll come back doing like spring ball. They'll come watch you, but okay. you know when they come, you're like, "Oh, I gotta put gotta show I gotta, out. I gotta right? show out. Let yeah. let them know that." You know, we got some guys over here, but they never like pressure you to do anything or like, oh, you gotta uphold this legacy or anything. It's just right. once you step in, like on campus, you got you already know like the legacy here. You gotta be on your A game. Yeah, I, I was like wondering, like even on recruiting trips, you know, when other running backs come in, you know, I had some wide receivers at certain colleges that didn't want me coming there because I was a, I was a threat, big set. Right, absolutely. <laughs> So how was how was your reception like on, your, on your recruiting trips with some of these guys, especially at the U? Obviously, you had some great backs already there, but hell, you're, you're threatening their position possibly. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm from Miami, so we love competition. Yeah. So my whole mindset was to go in there to compete, and you know, them guys when I came in, they really didn't think it was the threat. They they helped me because you know. High school, you have like ten plays, but going into college, you got a whole playbook. So it's like Lamar left, Lamar right, Lamar <laughs> middle, Lamar first. Right, right, right. So once I got there, you know, them guys helped me pretty much yeah. because I really didn't know all the plays like that. So they was helping me, and at the end of the day, we was there for one common goal. That was to try to win a national championship. So it wasn't really like, dang, this guy have to come take my position or blase, blase. It was just like. Hey, we got to get better, and it made everybody better, to be honest. Yeah, no doubt about it. Competition, but it's iron sharpens iron. We hear that a lot all the time, right? All the time. Let's talk about your your draft experience a little bit. You you came out early, really, only a couple years that you playing at at that high level. Had the Dolphins, you know, giving you any vibe that they were looking to to draft you? Because we had OV on here, yeah, and I mean, OV was talking about. I mean, we hadn't had a Dolphin drafted in in years, you know, hurricane. I think, I, meant. Yeah, I think we're like Vernon Carey, right? drafted a hurricane in years. Other right. than the, you know, Vernon Carey. And then, you know, so had you gotten a vibe that they were looking at you that way? To be honest, during the whole draft process, it was, it was crazy for me 
And then I met, I met with, at the combine, I met with Jeff Nixon, the running back mm-hmm. coach. And we was in the cafeteria and he came and get, put some paper in front of me and we were doing like a little test. Mm-hmm. And then we had like a Miami day when like all the guys from Miami come out here and work out. I do remember those Yeah. And I worked out here and Jeff Island, the GM at the time, he called me up to the office. He was like, he was like, I looked good. He was like, you know, we, we drafted a running back last year. So the right. whole time they drafted Daniel, Daniel Thomas. Thomas. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, Man, y'all got Reggie Bush. Y'all drafted Daniel Thomas. So in my mind, I'm like, they're not going to draft me. <laughs> and then um, he was just saying, like, if I'm there and they looking for a running back, they'll draft me. Yeah. But at that time, I'm, I was like, he just he just telling me stuff. What's right. the point of calling you up and to say, <laughs> you know, we drafted a running back? Like, like you brought me here. <laughs> right, right, like, what right. I, I don't understand. I'm, that, I find that curious. Well, you know, they. I guess they want to put some – some things out there so people can see. So other teams. Can that so so that's what he's doing. He's throwing yeah. something there that maybe Lamar, well, I don't think Miami because they already said they draft. Yeah. Is that really that's, what that is? possible. Yeah. yeah. And then no, it goes back and gets back to their agent. Their agent say, well, the Dolphins are looking uh, at my guy. Okay. And, you know, we talked about the UM draft guys coming here to the Dolphins. We talked about how it was a while, but that same year they took OV in the third round, you in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. How nice was it, man, for you to be playing the same stadium that you know you you killed it with the U at? I mean, you were you, you were home and home right. all, the whole time. No, nah, it, it was great. You know, for me, you know, um, once they called me, I was like nine five four because at the time <laughs> I had I had two um, I had two phones and already the, on the two phone <laughs> system. Yeah, wow. Right. Right. <laughs> it did. Um, and I looked at my phone. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if it was a dolphin. I thought it was just somebody calling me. Yeah. And then I picked up the phone and then it was a dolphin. I'm like, damn. So then I told my mom and they was happy. And then um just playing here in front of the pretty much all the UN fans are pretty much dolphin fans right. for the most part. So and just playing in the stadium, it was like I'm still home. And then my family, my friends continued to see me play football here. It was great, you know. Um Oh man, it go by so fast. Yeah. You like, ah. but it was, it was great, man. Um, I had a great time here. You know, the fans always was good. You got a lot of love. Right, did right. you grow up a Dolphins fan? Like, did you root for the team growing up? So or? growing up, I used to always watch the Dolphins. Yeah, but I really didn't have a team. I just okay. used to like players. Right. But I was a bit Ricky Williams and Ronnie Brown fan, so yeah. I used to always watch them. That's they when they had a little Wildcat. Yeah. yeah. Right, the little Wildcat package. So um, I used to always watch them every Sunday, but I was never like a Dolphin fan or. or just like the game. Yeah, I just like the game and like the right. certain players. That makes sense. Now, the only, you know, the biggest problem with your playing at home, though, is tickets, man. Right, right, right. I mean, you you talk about, <laughs> you you like playing in front of your friends and family, man. Right, right. Damn, that demand had to be pretty high, bro. Yeah, no, nah, it, it was definitely high. I used to always tell people to call my mom. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, call my mom, and then my mom still call me and be like, hey, what did you think? And then I'd be like, yes and no, right. you know. But, but I she always, got to be the bad guy. Yeah, the bad she guy. was the yeah, bad Like your agent. Right, right, right. She was the bad person. Ticket agent. <laughs> I love it. People think that you guys get them for free because you play for the team. But like, yo, I'm paying for it. Well, I'm paying. Tickets. It's like, I think, do you get, I don't remember it. Do you get two you get free two, tickets? No, two, you pay for them. And then anymore, you pay for it's them It's additional. Yeah. Right, right, right. Like, yeah. So it's like, for sure, I knew like every game, I used to have a set number like 10. Yeah. Right. You know, but some game, if it's a big game, I do more. But 
I used to always tell people to call my mom, right? right? My mom would take care of And it. let her figure out who's getting from the 10. So right, she right. controlled those 10? <laughs> right, right, that right. That makes sense. That makes sense. So let's talk about that running room. You, you mentioned the names. They had just taken Daniel Thomas, and they have Reggie Bush. And, and Reggie, you know, there's a lot that comes with Reggie Bush on right. and off the field. Did you grow up watching him? Oh, most definitely. I remember I used to, in my room, I, he was at USC. I used to have, like, pictures Right in my room, just he was like, like a he was like more than just a player, right? Yeah. He was kind of I don't want to say cult hero, but he was a, a cultural phenomenon in a lot of ways right. beyond just and a player. Playing in L.A. help, you know, playing right, USC, right. LA, all that, all that about him. And, yeah. and then you know, his whole life Both. off the yeah. field as well, right? So now you're sitting in a room with him. Like, what was what was that like going from okay, I'm in Miami Killian High School. Three years later, I'm sitting with Reggie Bush, and we're trying to learn plays together. What was that experience like? It, it was a great experience, you know, me, because I used to always look up to Reggie. So to be in the same room with him and he was in the league for a while, I would yeah. just try to soak up a lot of knowledge from him. They even put my locker right next to him. Oh. So it was like I was just asking him a lot of questions. Yeah. I know he probably like, man, he asking a lot of questions. But it was like I was just trying to understand the game a little bit more and see what he do to, like, take care of his body and stuff like that. So it was like he used to give me love like knowledge on things that he do to to stand a long season for yeah. the most part because you know you play 16 games when I was playing it's it's a lot of games as a running back so I was gonna say your position <laughs> right 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 it's a so, high contact position for right sure. right so I would just I would just ask him a lot of questions and just try to um pick his brain to you know translate it to my game to help me yeah and was he I, I always wondered because um again Reggie off the field, social media, the whole, the Kardashian, all that thing, that stuff. But was he hyper focused? I, I, I think I think sometimes people question if you've got all this other stuff going on, what kind of a professional is he? But it sounds like if you were picking his brain, his commitment to his craft was still really high. Yeah, no, nah, he was he was very committed. You know, he used to after practice, he used to always like do extra conditioning, working on his routes with Tannehill, catching the ball on the judge, so stuff like that. I used to just like, I used to be watching from afar, but right. I seeing what he doing. But he took football very seriously. He took care of his body. Uh, I mean, he didn't do a lot of stuff like taking care of his body at the facility because he had his own thing. I'm sure he had his, his whole team. team right? Right, yeah. right, right, right. But I was just just looking at him, seeing what he doing out the practice. I'm like, okay, this what the NFL running back supposed to do. And did you start to implement some of those things yeah. in your own Yeah, not process? not exactly when he was down with it till he left. <laughs> right, and then right, I started. <laughs> well, I like that. But right. what, how many years Reggie got left on his right, contract? Right. I got <laughs> So then I started doing it after. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's so good. That's good. So Seth alluded to the fact that we had some, some home run hitters at the top of the show, but, you know, you're always known as an explosive guy. We all know that. But we didn't know just how explosive until mm. one day, in 2014, December 28th to be exact, 2014, you know, we're hosting the New York Jets right here at Hard Rock Stadium. And after a goal line stand, we take the ball to the three-yard line. And, you know, we're backed up. Usually when teams are backed up, the, the thing they want to do really is just try to give them wiggle room, you know. And so usually it's a simple run play, what we thought was a simple run play. But instead, <laughs> instead, this 21-year-old running back burst for a 97-yard touchdown. Out of the end zone. Breaking Keith, you know, my, I played with, with Keith, ja uh, Keith Byers, and he, you know, remember the Snow Angel in Dallas? 
Mm-hmm. That was a 77 yarder. We hadn't seen anything more than that ever in Dolphin history until, <laughs> yeah. until you did that. Talk about that play, man, and how, you know, what that meant to you. It looked like you were exhausted at the oh, end. Oh, I, I was tired. <laughs> I, was, I was dead. <laughs> but uh, it's a straight sprint for yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, I remember at that time, uh, Pouncey, Pouncey was the center. He was like, just hit it. Mm. And I was like, okay, I just need a little crease. And I remember, um, Whatever, Tannehill has sent me in motion to come back to the other side. And then I seen a little crease. So I was like, okay, I just got to outrun everybody. And that's what I did. And after that play, I was, I was tired <laughs> because I, I didn't run like that in so long. It's like, you know, during the season, like you're not running full speed, right. like a whole 97 yard run. Right. So it was like, for me, I was like, please don't get. Get caught. That's I was looking. It. I was looking on the jumbo. Were you looking chain. at the jumbo trying? <laughs> right. I, I, was, I was looking. I, I was looking, and I seen somebody coming. I'm like, I only got a couple more yards. I keep running. <laughs> keep running. But I was definitely wounded. Oh, um, I would have never made it 97 yards. <laughs> I would act like I pulled a hamstring or something. But, you know, because I know they're going to get, I know I'm being Wait a minute. You know what I mean? You got to pull up. You got to pull up and stuff. Man. You want to grab the hand? Yeah, yeah man. The sniper would have got right, it? Left or right, it doesn't matter, man. Uh, left or right. Be. But you had, yeah. so like you had punt returns that you went the distance? Yeah, not 97, no. 97? Like, if I caught a punt on the three-yard line, I probably wouldn't have a job. Either. That's but a good point. same time, man. <laughs> yeah, like 70, yeah, You had a kickoff yards. return? Yeah, a 90-yarder. Okay, See, but not 97. Yards, those seven. Me, <laughs> so is that, is that what seven it is? is it, well, yards, it sounds man. like it was those last handful of yards that, that you were most concerned about. Right, the last. I think I got to the 20, and I was like, just keep running. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's when the head gets back, too. Right, so. right, right. Form breaks. You break form. Form break. Everything go out the window. <laughs> I don't know. It looked good for, to me. And then a year later, you're doing it again. So now we're we're playing the Houston Texans. And second quarter, you catch a screen pass and you go 54. And the next thing you know, you're running 85 yards to pay dirt. I mean, you you had a huge game oh against the Texans. Probably the type of game that that made you a lot of money come from right, agency. Right, right, so right. talk about it. it. You do it once. Okay, it's pretty cool. But you start doing it and it becomes a trend. It's not a fluke anymore. All right. What, what, talk, what was it like, man, to... That kind of became your signature that you were a guy that could that could hit the home run. Yeah, you know, um, coming out ever since college, a lot of people called me a home run hitter. And you know, we were playing when we played the Texans. It was raining, and I think Jarvis had a good run. Mm. Like he caught the ball and he made a couple guys miss. So I'm like, it was just a good day. So I'm like, man, I gotta do something. You know, um, <laughs> keep up with him. Huh? Right, right, right. So um, you know, when I caught the screen, it was like, I mean, it was pretty much open, you know, everybody did a great job. And then the run, it was just like pretty much just try to make a guy miss, make a big play. And that that day overall, I, I just think we was feeling good as a team. I know I was feeling good. We're gonna talk about that. <laughs> you know, you know, as a as a player, you have your days like, okay, I'm feeling good today. Yeah. And that was just one of them days. I mean, yeah, I think 175 right. yards, yeah, right? Yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah, Another yeah. 60-something receiving. So, I mean, you were killing it. But I always find it funny when a guy goes off like that, and next thing you know, he signs a big free agent deal with the team. Did they talk yeah. about it when you went in for your visit? No, they, they didn't talk about it. They didn't give you the Jeff Ireland speech. No, no, no. Well, you know. Right, right. No, they didn't talk about it. Um, they just, um, when, they, when my agent called me, I wanted to stay home. So I was trying to debate. Like what I wanted to do, but I know um, Houston they had like Aaron Foster, mm-hmm. and at the time I was like I want to get a lot of carries, so I was like so I was going back and forth, and then I was just like 
um, my agent was like, I can't talk to them until my free agency right, starts. Right, right. So wow, an I, agent, he followed the rules. Right, right, right. So I, I ended up talking to them, and they were just saying that they like how around very explosive <laughs> or whatever. They like, like it now. They right, like right. it when you're on the other side. <laughs> right, right. Can't, can't, can't awesome. beat him, join us. Yeah. I love it. So I, I just ended up deciding going there and, you know, it, it was a great experience over there because I was in Miami my whole life. So I was like, maybe a change-up would be, you know, different. OV said the same yeah. thing. Like, he didn't want to leave. He didn't want to leave. And then he's like, man, I, I, have, I really have never left. Like, right, I right. need to see the world a little bit. Right, right. So it's interesting. Well, you know, it didn't stop right there. In 2018, man doesn't you actually, stop. yeah, this time you're actually playing for the Texans we talked about. And you rip off another 97-yarder. Right, right. You become the first player in NFL history to have 90-plus-yard touchdown runs for two different teams. And then, um, obviously, you're the only person in history to have 95-plus-yard runs, you know, from, from teams, man. I mean, that's picking them up and putting them down, man. We <laughs> talked about this earlier, man. But at this point, were you were you better conditioned to go 97 a couple, couple years later? No, not really. <laughs> you know, I was a little older, too. Oh, so. here we go. Yeah, that was, like, much later. Right, right. I was a, I was a little older, too. So, I, you know, that time, I remember I told the office in line, I was just like, I, just, I was mic'd up that game, too. And I was just like, yo, I just need a little crease. Just give me something to work with. But I didn't think I was going to go 97 yards. I was like, okay, I'll probably get us 10 yards or whatever the case may be. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, no, that happened. And then that whole time I was running because I had got caught, like, I think like two weeks before that, I had got caught. I could have, it could have been like 70 or 80 yard touchdown. So that whole week through practice, everybody was like, oh, Lamar, he's old. He's going to get caught. So that when I was running on that one, I was just like, just keep running. You can't get caught. And then I see Jackson from Tennessee Titans. I see him coming. He was running fast. And then I'm like, oh, Lord, just keep running. Just keep running. (laughs) And then I end up getting it. So, I mean, it was was good. Did you know it was going to be a record at that time? Did you know you were on the cusp of breaking – Making history. Do you even know nah. now that it's a record? Yeah, I okay. seen it. Somebody, somebody tweeted it, and I seen it. It was like a couple of years ago, and I said, I think after Derrick Henry ran like ninety nine uh, hmm. or something like that, I seen it. But at that moment, I didn't know it was. Right. It was. Uh, <laughs> Couldn't catch his breath. Right? <laughs> yeah. I was just like thinking about records. Right, right, I was right. Just trying to breathe. Well, I'm gonna back up a little bit. I'm gonna take it back to the Dolphins. And so you're drafted in 2012. Yes. Your rookie year was also the rookie year for the head coach. It was mm-hmm. Joe Philbin's first year. And really, your his tenure and yours are, ran parallel for a while. I don't want to pick on anybody, but so seven and nine, year one, eight and eight, eight and eight. And Philbin's reputation was kind of like the school teacher. You know, he, he, he kind of a calm demeanor, make sure the locker room's clean, that kind of stuff and, <laughs> and the whole thing. And and then in his final season, he starts one and three and the team makes a decision and and he's relieved of his duties. And then the man Campbell show shows up. Dan Campbell steps. Mm-hmm. He's elevated to be the head coach. And it's like you want to talk about cult hero. Those first two, three weeks, right. he's got you guys doing Oklahoma drills. Right, right, and the whole right, thing. Right. Like what? Well, I can't think of you talk about juxtaposition, like to go from Philbin to Campbell, and we see a lot about what he's doing now in Detroit. Mm-hmm. What was that transition like for you? Because this is all you had known. All right. you had known was the Joe Philbin style of head coaching. What was that like when all of a sudden Dan it, Campbell it was, kicks the doors in? Right, right. It was real different, to be honest. You know, um, Dan Campbell, he's an old school football player, so and he played the game, so right. he knew right. what it what it took to win. It was like I remember our first practice. 
it, it was um it was full padded practice and we had he called everybody up and everybody we think he about to give us a speech I'm like okay he's gonna give us a speech so then he called <laughs> right he called two people up I forgot who the two people were and clearly you were not one of them right, right, you I was, it. <laughs> right. and he was like okay everybody back up and then we seen doing Oklahoma gym we're like what I know for me I'm like. I haven't done this since like high school, high school yeah, right? Right. Yeah. So it was just it was just a, a culture shock to everybody. Yeah. And then you know we started winning, so he kept doing it like <laughs> and every right. We we kept doing that every Wednesday, so it was like he brought it into the locker room, so everybody had that that mindset of like, okay, we gonna be playing old school football. We gotta be physical, and we were winning games, so everybody was buying into what he was trying to, to install. And still in us. So, you know, it was, it was good. But it yeah. was it was definitely, for me, it was it was a culture change for I sure. I love it. You know, I got a question <laughs> about that. Because, you know, we thought that that might wear off with players, you know, when you do stuff like that, like Oklahoma drills at that level. But it seemed like it's still working for him. Whatever he's doing in Detroit, it's yeah. still working. So, right. I mean, I, I love Dan Campbell as a, as, a, as a coach here. But I wasn't doing Oklahoma drills either, right. And you know, so you do you think it's still you think he still got that going on in Detroit? And, I I, I don't know. I know I know. Even like when we were here, like the older guys were like you know guys who eight years plus. Like man, I, I don't want to do that. Right. But it was just like all the younger guys were like, okay, it's yeah. fun. Like we're going to do it. You know, like, so I'm not gonna put my starting running back in this. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> so it was like it was. I think he probably still do that. I don't, I don't know, but I know when when he did it here, it was like. All the young guys who was like, you know, first through like, like rookie to the fifth year, they was like all into it. But the older guys was like, nah. nah. <laughs> Especially like, put ice on these knees. Right, right. Like, Especially like, like mid season, like when you hit hit week 12, 13, right. your body started to break down a little bit. Everybody was like, man. Everybody up. Everybody <laughs> People start hiding like these. Right, start, right, right, right. Don't call that, my that, name. Uh, Homer Simpson meme where you kind of fade back into, <laughs> right, right. into the bushes. You know, I'm right, not don't trying to Don't call me. That. Oh, man. Okay, Lamar, we're going to let you get out of here real soon, man. But, you know, teams usually throw during the two-minute drill. But we know it doesn't matter with you. We got a 97-yarder waiting to happen. Let's go. We got this home run hitter, man. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to take you through the fish tank two-minute drill. All right? Um, we're gonna put two minutes on the clock. We we'll hit you with some quick hitting questions. And, no uh, fancy clock here, even though the studio yeah, is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so there it is. There's it. a there fancy is. clock. Right there. There. <laughs> so this is gonna be it's fun, man. Some fun questions, and you know we'll we'll try to we're gonna try to score in in, in two minutes here. Do we can get it done, Big Seth? If he can get a crease. All right, you ready? You ready, Lamar? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. All right, question number one. All right, you reached pay dirt forty times in your career. Twenty two of those touchdowns with the Miami Dolphin, and you celebrated most of them with a salute. What was the meaning behind the touchdown celebration? The salute, it was pretty much every time I scored, I was saluting to my mom and dad mm. for, like, everything they did for me and my sister growing up. And I just saluted them because I just knew what it took. You know, my mom working two jobs, my dad working overtime just to provide for me and my sister. So I just saluted to them every time I scored a touchdown. Love that. I love it. All right, later in your career, I guess after Reggie Bush left the locker room, but at some point in your career you took up yoga and Pilates into your training, right, to keep your body healthy. What is more difficult, 100-yard wind sprints in the South Florida heat or a South Florida hot yoga session? Oh, I'll say the, uh, I'll say the sprints. Okay. <laughs> Especially if that guy's chasing right, you there right, in the last right, right. 10 yards. All right, all right. We mentioned earlier that your Dolphin coach with Joe Philbin and Dan Campbell 
and your hurricane coaches were Randy Shannon and Al Golden. If a spades game broke out and you had to pick one of your former coaches as a partner and had to play against the two others, who was your partner? Who are you playing against? And how many books are you good for? <laughs> I'll say uh, Dan Campbell. I'll play with. Dan's going to be your yeah, partner. Right? Okay. He'll be my partner. The play against, I'll say uh, Joe Philbin <laughs> and maybe uh, Al Golden. Oh, man. Uh, he he sees some marks right here. <laughs> how many books are you good for? I'm good for at least, I'll say like five. Oh, five in the possible. Man. Right, right. Five in the possible. Uh, Dan Campbell. <laughs> I love that. Said, Give me Dan Campbell on there. Okay. So, a final question here. You say you watch every Dolphins game. These Miami Dolphins are loaded with speed. You got the Cheetah. You've got Devon Achan. You got Raheem. You got Jalen Waddell. Give me Lamar Miller in his prime. All five of you guys line up. Where do you stack up against that four? Oh, man, them, them some fast, fast guys right there. <laughs> I, I say I'll come top, top three for sure. Top three out of the five. There it top is. Three. That's the two-minute drill. He's Lamar Miller. I don't know, man. I think if he's got a crease, God, that would be fun to watch. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. Them guys, a, them guys fast. It though, is man. a whole different level. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's really yeah, cool. Yeah, you don't go 97 if you're not fast. Though, right, right, so, right. No, yeah, somebody's going to walk you down. Right. <laughs> somebody's <laughs> going to walk. You don't do it twice. Right. Exactly that, 97, right. 97, 85. It's the top two uh, here in Dolphins history, 97 and, yeah. and 85. I think you had some wheels too, my friend. Yes. So, well, I appreciate it. I didn't realize we're not quite neighbors, but I didn't realize that we were living so close. And, and uh, I'm glad that we were able to get your number and that you actually took my call because not everybody does that. No, no. Nah, nah. uh, actually, I, you know what? They stopped taking my call once they get to know me. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's been the problem. But it was awesome to have you here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for diving in, Lamar. No problem. You're now diving into the fish tank. Just like Drew said, Thanks for diving in to The Fish Tank, presented by iHeartRadio. Be sure to follow us on whatever streaming platform you're using, and don't be afraid to rate the show or leave us a comment. We love your feedback. And remember, you can find us, as well as Drive Time with Travis Wingfield and all of our international partners on MiamiDolphins.com.